Hello and welcome to a new episode of Never On Side. Football is well and truly back with the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, and uh, all the other top five leagues uh, starting. And uh, if you have missed any of this uh, action in the last two three days and the weekends, uh, Never On Side is here to catch you up on everything you need to know. Hi, this is Joseph and. Uh, Joining me as usual is Mayur Chopadekar from Mumbai. Hi, Mayur. Hi, Oza. Hi, Oza. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm great. Uh, football is uh, back and we are getting to see a lot of matches now. And last three months were, you know, uh, we, were, we just wanted football to be back. And uh, it is well and truly back. So let's um, get this going. And this season, uh, the, I mean, this um, uh, the Premier League had a lot of dramatic <laughs> moments uh, in this game week, and uh, the Conte-Tuchel drama topped it all. And um, let's just recap all the matches from the Premier League. Uh, in case if you have missed anything, uh, we'll be covering uh, in-depth analysis of some of the top matches which happened during the game week. So, uh, to start off, um, we are uh, uh, moving to Arsenal versus Leicester, which was a 4-2 win for Arsenal. And it was a Gabriel Jesus show and uh, something which, uh, you know, he could have done in the first game week. He has turned up in the second game week and, you know, has um, uh, brought the goods that Ateta wanted. And some of the finishing that he displayed was uh, sensational, uh, especially the first goal uh, when, you know, things are tight. Um, he came up with a, an amazing finish to uh, hand Arsenal the lead. Um, Mayu, did you watch this match? Yes, I watched this match. I had Jesus in my FPL team, so always very keen on Arsenal games and the way they are playing. It's irresistible for me to like not want to watch them. It's just pure magic at the moment. Uh, and the way they are playing, I'm liking it. Uh, as you mentioned, Jesus, he's all over the place. He's just not scoring. But the way he runs off the ball, always trying to pressure opponents, trying to go in the space and helping other, like helping his team um, teammates around him. He's just a phenomenal player. And whatever we thought about him in City, we always thought it might uh, he might be depending, because it was City, he might be using that to his benefit or everything. But now we have truly seen what what is the caliber of yeah. that player and how he can change game on his own. Yeah, we we, uh, we were discussing that in the first match, Jesus didn't score. Uh, but um, eventually, um, he has done. And uh, this is a turning point in Arsenal's um, season because um, everyone is clicking now. And um, this is a team to watch, which we are all excited to see. And uh, they have started on the right foot. And uh, the next match is uh, Man City versus Bournemouth, uh, which was again a KDB masterclass. Uh, we were all expecting a Haaland uh, masterclass, but it was uh, he was overshadowed by uh, KDB. And I read an article saying that um, Haaland had just touched the ball eight times, in which one was uh, header clearance, I guess, and one was of the uh, like uh, on the kickoff uh, spot, so uh, effectively six touches he had. One was a go- uh, one was an assist. Assist. Uh, 
um, so is that something which um, we should uh, be worried about having uh, you know Haaland in our FPL team as well and also since we were expecting at least a hat trick from Haaland in the home match uh, and he came away with um, just uh, eight touches of the ball and um, is that something to worry i think over time uh, it's just at the moment that the players are not finding him as in there was a clear opportunity for foden to pass the ball to him uh, pep even mentioned that in his press uh, post match conference uh, he said out of the 10 times eight or nine times foden passes that ball to the center striker so it's nothing to worry about it's just giving them time to find uh, haland in spaces eventually and it after that it's just like one two goals every match that's the whole thing i think about and uh, gundogan was very key he and haland combined very well for that first goal he ran into the space which was evacuated due to haland like uh, because of the fear of haland all the center backs were trying to uh, go towards him and gundogan saw his moment to run into that space and uh he took the ball uh from haland very well and he just scored that goal so nothing to worry about as of haland uh it's just a matter of time and he will start clicking as we have seen for most of the city players in the past they just need a bit of time once they start clicking it's just game over yeah so uh another thing i notice is that city are so used to playing without a, a striker that um most of the times a lot of people are coming into uh spaces which should be uh you know used by uh, haland um one of the goals was uh, through gundogan coming in close with haland but throughout the game i felt like uh, it did hamper his uh, you know game because um, it was getting too crowded and he was getting overlooked sometimes um so uh moving forward i think bournemouth were uh, almost you know uh, putting a uh, low block and uh, we are sure that in such games haland would uh, uh, you know would not be getting a lot of touches i think he had 17 uh, touch every 17 minutes or something like that um, so um we'll have to see what happens there but with or without haland scoring they would uh, end up uh, winning 4-0 which is uh, you know pep would in mind that um, and the uh, next one was the southampton leeds game was also a, a good match i think uh, leeds went 2-0 up and then southampton uh, came back in the second half um yes. yeah um so another game which was interesting uh was the uh, nottingham forest west ham game as well um, you know nottingham forest scored a goal uh and uh, west ham struggled to break down the uh, defense but they had a lot of chances ben rama yes. hitting the post and um, uh, and the day it would have been, yeah, yeah and it would have been 2-1 i think henderson saved that penalty right uh, yes yeah this week again yeah so uh, another uh, interesting match was the liverpool crystal palace match um, crystal palace are a well uh, you know well oiled side um with viera you know uh, he is very particular about certain things and uh, he his team can do a job on anyone like the crystal palace dna is like that like they can do it yeah, but um, under viera it, it's a bit more uh, tactical and uh, you know a, a a unit which is you know functioning well and liverpool also struggled uh, to create a lot of chances um, um in the first half 
and yes. then in the second half uh, nunes um, he got uh, red carded right in the uh, second half and uh, what was your take on this match so the first half they clearly struggled like they had some chances trent showed his quality of putting those balls over the last line which was good to see robertson came into some scoring positions but again they didn't score diaz had some good moments it was a matter of like confidence uh, that goal by diaz definitely gives him a lot of confidence in the that further game as well goal. like that wonderful. was such a crazy good goal and the thing is nunes came into a lot of good positions and he should have scored at least two goals which were clear chances but i think his frustration um, was a result of this because he knew uh, playing for liverpool you should be scoring those chances and um, you know uh, i think anderson got under his skin eventually uh, you know it was a um, <laughs> it's a classic movement in premier league mm-hmm. because it's always fun to watch you know liverpool go one down and you know fighting back yes. uh, at anfield and uh, diaz was everywhere like diaz was everywhere like, like he was running the show towards the end and i'm really disappointed at salah to an extent because he wasn't taking the honest right but he, at the death he had a chance so maybe it was just uh, he's not getting into his positions at that at this time of point so eventually he will because of nunes he has been uh, going far more to the outside than coming inside right, which yes, he used yes. to do yeah. but uh, let's see again a team which wasn't really focusing on playing with a proper number 9 has to change its shape and everything around when nunes comes in so again it's a team just taking some time and again they would be again coming into picture soon yeah another highlight of this is that uh, um, you know liverpool's lack of depth in midfield uh, because when thiago is out uh, they struggle to you know put in the eye of the needle passes which they need in such crunch games games so um, yeah so that is just a round up of the things and we'll be covering the uh, three um, united match and the chelsea match in detail right yes yeah moving forward yes yeah, so so this is the uh, chelsea versus uh, spurs match um, yeah mayur you can take this forward yes so uh, we saw how chelsea were so dominant everyone expected spurs to have a good game but we saw chelsea dominated uh, throughout the game uh, the reason was in the past in the ma- month of march if i remember correctly they played uh, at that point of time and tuchel implemented the same tactic where off the ball they play with a 5-3-2 where loftus cheek comes at the right wing back and uh, the uh, mount and kante fall back as the in the eight uh, position and they are man marking basically the other eights which were hoybier and uh, bentoncourt on the other side so that was their main job of the ball on the ball uh, as we can see loftus cheek came into a number 10 position to uh, thread passes through uh, the half spaces for harvard sterling mount went on the left hand side he formed a double 10 with rlc so this was the whole uh, off the ball and on the ball movement which tuchel implemented very well initially we saw chelsea should have buried goals and should have came out as victorious in this match they would consider this as a big loss considering they dominated the game throughout but couldn't convert those chances so it's a let off for them and hopefully uh, that is the only thing which i feel might 
cost them not ending in top 4 uh, this killer instinct where you dominate yeah. the game throughout but you can't kill the game so yes, that is yes. the whole thing which keeps them a bit uh, away from the top 4 teams currently and uh, uh, in second half uh, conte saw this and he changed his, uh, his uh, tactics to a 4-3-3 where we saw uh, they tried to score goals they got some opportunities but even gave two opportunities to chelsea and reese james uh, second goal which was yeah. which they left davis completely open on that side and james yeah. just had to finish a one on one which you bet your money on james always so he did it very calmly and then again conte realized that he came back to his original position 343 sent perisic out uh, to play as the wing back and eventually in the last you saw i am not sure if you saw that or not but perisic took two corners and he took both corners with two different feet so that's something very amazing i found yeah, uh, he yeah, can do yeah. that that's a party trick basically so i was very uh, happy with that and yeah eventually even conte understood his limitations and he worked on it uh, so again a good game for chelsea but they should be gutted that they didn't come out with a victory yeah so uh, for me uh, sterling and havertz are not very you know adept in uh, finishing uh, clinically um, havertz had a glorious chance uh, which he should have buried uh, on, uh, from that cross um, i think it was from um, was it from james i think it was from james yes yes it was it was a very yeah. good ball from james yeah so he should have buried that and um, and two um, like uh, kukurela and kolobeli were uh, very good kukurela um, was impressive with the uh, first conregas um, which he yes. took which kolobeli scored and if you look at it at this game two of the goals were from a, a set piece right there wasn't anything remarkable about this match except the <laughs> tactical aspect of it yes. uh, and uh, what added the spice to this encounter was of course what happened in the touchline uh, between uh, conte and uh, tuchel and <laughs> this is some classic uh, mourinho arsene wenger or um, you know saf uh, arsene wenger type of thing but it it didn't go get a little out of hand towards the yes. end or let's say the handshake was uh, you know a bit too forceful <laughs> so uh, it was fun uh, because the premier league is known for such things and these kind of passionate managers we saw tushil running down the touch lane to celebrate <laughs> we have seen a lot of iconic um, moments with chelsea managers running down the touch lane and yes. um, Uh, Conte later said in his Instagram post, "Had he seen him, he would have tripped him." That was hilarious because knowing Conte, we know that he would uh, definitely we wouldn't be surprised if he actually did that, right? Yeah. So uh, that is the part, and I'm very surprised that um, uh, Tottenham didn't uh, impress me. Like Son and company didn't impress me, and um, Tuchel did a tactical job on them. with james you know um, uh, hunting down um, son uh, son at every every chance so yeah that was an interesting match and this match is very important and you saw the passion because not only because of um, conte's history with uh, chelsea but at the end of the day these would be the two teams who would be uh, you know fighting um, for uh, that top four position and um, uh, this is something to uh, look out for and i'm sure we'll see a lot more of this going forward yeah so moving forward uh, we have um, 
my favorite club manchester united <laughs> and uh, i don't know we we we, we are lost for words is i am lost for words about what is happening in my club and uh, one thing is for sure uh, everyone is taking the blame and uh, this is a passing game where um, maguire passes the um, blame to um, like he takes on us and he says yeah i did it last game he said one game uh, maguire says yeah i'll take the honest i i it's my mistake the next game the ea comes up and says yeah it was my mistake such a blatant error and um, so these are these are professional players and um, we expect much better from them and eric ten hag i don't think any manager can do anything about the uh, first two goals um, uh, because they, those two errors were from uh, you know um, dehia and um, so yeah this is something which is very disheartening um but uh, united fans are used to this so um it shouldn't come as a surprise yes yeah so uh, what do you think <laughs> so while i was watching the game it it was very funny i couldn't stop laughing looking at the first two goals it it felt like some of my friends were playing in that field it's like so silly <laughs> mistake it you could see uh, they were tactically well set up even thomas frank said at the end they had a game plan they had to target martinez they said they had to press high they learned from brighton how to press them high they knew their outlet was only eriksen uh, jansen yeah. was completely man marking eriksen yeah. dagia couldn't pass the ball um, like far off than the half line so again these are some simple mistakes i know you can see tenag wants to play some kind of a football like his kind of football but you can see his players are not capable the only player capable are being completely man marked and then taken out of the game so it's just funny at this moment and i am just enjoying so <laughs> i don't have any so more what take me take us to the uh, next slide where you'll see the lineup i'll just take you through uh, this uh, so deya started goal and uh, martinez and maguire uh, played as the two center backs and basically what happened is uh, instead of fred playing the pivot role uh, erickson came in and uh, tried to build up play with uh, maguire martinez and uh, erickson being the three people who would um, start the play off and the show and dalot would um, uh, effectively um, go into the midfield and create an overload and uh, if uh, any of brighton's midfielders decided to press the ball uh, other than the two strikers from brighton if anyone else tried to press the ball that was the trap that uh, eric ten hag was setting and the moment that happened uh, someone would switch the ball to uh, one of the full backs uh, dalot or show and united would uh, move forward that is the plan that plan. was the plan on paper and what uh, you know transpired was something um, <laughs> you know completely different and the problem here was that uh, let i'll take you through the uh, first goal where uh, united were building up play and um, erickson ended up passing the ball to maguire and um, that pass to maguire was a very you know straight at him so he had to open his body up and then uh, tried to find uh, dalot uh, on the right side but it didn't happen and he got pressed uh, because the outlet was very clear that uh, it was going to be maguire and brighton were very clever and they decided to press um, maguire even um, as soon as the uh, ball was on erickson's feet 
and this ended up in a turnover but it went for a, a throw and in that uh, after the throw united took the throw and um, uh, lost position and uh, brighton shifted the play to the right side and um, uh, united players were a bit um, you know out of position and um, the goal was very um, you know very schoolboy uh, error from uh, de gea yeah so that was the first goal which was a, a mistake from the build up itself and it it cost united because it went into the um, into their uh, goal post because of a mistake from day or else we wouldn't have not used that yeah so um, yeah that was the first one the second one was very um, clear um, united building up play and dehia um, chose the wrong option going for erickson who was being marked by jensen very um, cleverly and he put the put his foot in and uh, fortunately it dropped uh, kindly for him and he finished it well um so two player two mistakes from the uh, built up uh, itself and the third goal i think was a um headed goal and that was a mistake because uh, united um, didn't uh, defend so united deployed a man on man to man and a zonal uh, hybrid system where uh, i think three or three of the united um, players would uh, try to stop the uh, Brentford defenders running in and uh, somehow Rashford I think missed Nordgaard and Nordgaard um, right before the corner kick was taken he went near De Gea and tried to pressure him and that is why De Gea couldn't come out and collect it and Dalot also missed him and that was the, how the first goal uh, like the third okay. goal happened that was also an error and the fourth goal was a classic um, you know um, counter attacking goal i think maguire should have tracked uh, uh, tony's run but he didn't uh, united were in a good position then but then um, you know i think it's a lack of confidence uh, and also a lack of concentration um, you know um, because they went three down they thought like mm, it doesn't matter even if more goals go in we have to score so it was that kind of uh, thing and uh, um you know there are a lot of issues with this united uh, side but the main issue i feel is that um we have a squad um which um uh, which might not suit um, eric ten hag's vision right now uh, and also a, a squad which if you look at the uh, on paper and if you tell me these players are uh, not playing for united then this is a decent line like a squad which should finish in the top 6 because you see players like ronaldo just forget rashford and sancho where had poor form in the last two years but still then look at the front five sancho ronaldo rashford eriksen fernandes that is a really good side which should at least finish in the top 6 right without any issues and then the main issue here is that i think uh, eric tenet wants uh, certain players in certain positions and the whole squad to you know take up his philosophy so, so when you are playing out from the back uh, maguire has to you know show um, ericsson some um, you know has to run in order to um, give ericsson a chance to pass to him if you are static while building up especially your two center backs then uh, it's easier for the um, opposition to press you comfortably so that is what happened and i think dalot is such a terrible player um, uh, i don't know how he gets away with uh, it but 
people don't see it because a lot of mistakes happen from his side yeah. uh, and also you know uh, the build up you can say during the build up you can blame that people who are directly uh, you know in the action but you can also blame the people who were supposed to give the out ball like the the runs to give get the out ball so the alert had some uh, crazy uh, uh, mistakes but again uh, united with united you always have a scapegoat and people go after him no matter what so that is how a player like uh, maguire has lost his confidence um, because I, if you see him is a england um, player and who who plays really well for england and uh, he is not a remarkable player by any means but he he's a decent player uh and this side i don't know what is the issue is it the players is it something around the team or is it the management or is it the owners because everyone is now shit has hit the ceiling and um, you know everyone is yes. you know getting the blames but um, this side should be performing well with the uh, people they have even even though um, they are not you know the top 4 or top 2 kind of a squad but this is still a, um, a decent squad with you know uh, varan um, and all sitting in the bench so mm-hmm. yeah that is my take on united and in, in order to you know um, there is no point in blaming anyone right now because um, the team is in shambles and um, people need to take onus and uh, you know take responsibility and ta- start performing you should be beating brentford that no matter what you should be you know brighton is a better team i i would say but um, brentford you should be beating them with the sheer quality that you have so uh, there is a definite drop in confidence and if united can get a result against let's say liverpool not even a win i would say uh, we would get a win but if you can get a draw um, that is when slowly and steadily your confidence starts to increase so yeah that is my take on this do you think any chances of eric ten hag maybe getting sacked i'm not sure but maybe on that uh, any bad results so. in the next two three games after so river that think, is yeah so i think that um, right now everything is set up uh, for eric ten hag and um, right now people are saying that already there is not a, a coherent plan which is happening um and if you sack a manager which you are backing and you are saying this is our plan and then you go and sack the manager then it, it you know it just justifies what those uh, people are saying about the management and the owners they don't have any plan so uh, i i wouldn't like to believe that he would get sacked because um, you know if you look at klopp at uh, liverpool um initial days you know he was also struggling with the players that he had and um, this is down to um you know united's lack of planning where if you are bringing in a manager like eric ten hag everyone knows that he needs those players at least in those key positions um and united uh, has not delivered it to him yeah that is true so we'll definitely keep an eye on how united perform so now let's yes. move on Uh, so let's start with la liga la liga started this weekend uh, and yeah. it wasn't a very good weekend for some top teams in la liga barcelona failed to win their game madrid was 1-0 down till half time they came back in the second half 
Sevilla lost their game, which was two one. So just to uh, give you an update, Barcelona uh, had good chances on another day. They win three nil, four nil, or maybe even lose one nil, two nil. Considering they gave Ter Stegen was a very good uh, player, uh, probably second best player of the night. He saved two or three major saves he made, which could have been uh, definite goals. He made two three good saves. Uh, in the forward line, Lewandowski had chances. Rafinha, Dembele had chances. Uh, in the second half, when Fati came on, he had chances. But it's just the thing. It's a work in progress. A bit disappointed from Zavi. He was tactically a bit outplayed. We could say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But uh, the quality of the players uh, which he possesses, this shouldn't be the result. I feel it should be something like. At least a one nil, uh, considering the number of chances which we created. So a bit disappointed, and the major. Uh, yeah, that too at home, right? Um, yes, that too at home. Open. And I think the first half, Barca didn't play well at all. Yes, they didn't play well, and even uh, in the first half, you could see uh, Arao was being played as a right back. So we were completely attacking from the left hand side, uh, the Jordi Alba and the Rafinha side. So there are some few problems that we're still figuring out, and as you mentioned. Uh, right backs that is a problem even at our club as of now there are no certain right backs which zavi needs so let's see how that works out talking about madrid madrid uh, uh, were struggling to progress the ball in midfield uh, definitely we could definitely see the lack of uh, ca- like casemiro modric and cruz that quality which they possess in midfield is somewhat lacking when they don't play or when they come as come on as subs so in the first yeah. half that was the case even almeria's keeper uh, had a very good game he saved uh, yeah, quite yeah. a few chances but in the second half madrid being madrid they came back and scored two goals so uh, that was it uh, talking about atletico madrid they played very well uh, atletico madrid were very good uh, 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 talking about morata morata scored two goals and uh, felix felix had a very brilliant game he provided three assists mm-hmm. Was very instrumental. Drop deep, uh, uh, instrumented the whole play like a Kevin De Bruyne on his day, and uh, Lemar supported him very well, playing as that eight. So Atletico Madrid actually, it's, I I never thought I would see that, but played very yeah. beautiful football on there on that day, and it was something to admire from Simeone, who is generally not known for that. And then the last match for the weekend was Betis. Again, who uh, were a top four, like who contested for top four last season and finished sixth or seventh. Uh, this season also, they are gearing up to uh, challenge the top four. Again, a team to look out for. So that was La Liga on match day one. All right. So do we have any, um, um, for La Liga, do we have any uh, prediction for top four right now? I would say uh, for me, it's Barcelona first, second Madrid. Okay. Third Surprised. Atletico, uh, and mm. and fourth maybe maybe I'm not sure but Betis or maybe uh, Villarreal as well. I'm not sure about the All fourth right. position. All right. So uh, this is Bundesliga, and um, as usual, um, we have the usual suspects here: uh, Bayern Munich with a two-zero win, and uh, Borussia Dortmund with a three-one uh, win. And um, Bayern looked uh, impressive, and um, you know the uh, youngster Jamal Musiala. He has scored um, three goals in the f- first two games, and he is 
someone to watch out for in the future because he looks like a, a crazy good player right now. And um, I think Muller also scored. So that was the two scorers from Bayern Munich and they and they dominated the game. And I think Mane scored twice, but both of them were offside goals. Um, and um, yeah, so Bayern, um, you know, as usual, has won. And uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, won against Freiburg, won uh, 3 And uh, it was also uh, not an amazing performance from uh, Borussia Dortmund because I think they were 1-0 down and then they came back to uh, uh, to to 1-0 and then uh, 3-1. I think there was a, um, um, a howler from the Freiburg keeper which um, let the Borussia back into the game. Um, yeah, and um, another uh, surprise result is Leverkusen has drawn uh, like uh, our and uh, the bottom of the table uh, of the Bundesliga table right now. And um, I expected them to start a bit more uh, better. And Leipzig has drawn 2 2 with Colin, uh, who are also who have also started well. Uh, uh, Colin, uh, I think they had their fourth right now. Yeah, fourth in the table right now. Yeah, this is a uh, so uh, as usual, I would think Bayern Munich would. Uh, run away with it, uh, and I saw an article by Michael Cox, uh, who wrote the uh, book called The Mixer, which explains about uh, the Premier League and how it has evolved down the years, and uh, from uh, goalkeepers kicking it long to the present-day, um, you know, um, false nines, and how you know how football has uh, you know evolved throughout uh, through the years. So uh, he wrote an article uh, with the Athletic saying that Bayern are too good for the Bundesliga, and uh, they should either start one zero down or they should be given uh, penalty uh, <laughs> points at the start of the season so that you know they they just have to uh, work a bit more harder to exciting. win the league. So that would level the playing ground, and it makes Bundesliga exciting. Yeah, and it would uh, make Bundesliga uh, a bit more interesting because as a sporting, uh, you know, uh, tournament or a spectacle, there is uh, there is nothing out of the ordinary happening here and um, nothing surprising. There is no title race as such. And, um, and people are uh, placing the blame on Borussia Dortmund, uh, saying that they have failed the Bundesliga by not giving any title challenges. But how do you expect a team which has, you know, 300 million less in revenue than Bayern Munich to, you know, um, to, to compete, compete with them everywhere? So that is um, another day, another, you know, rant about Bundesliga. <laughs> and yeah, so... <laughs> Swiftly moving so, on to League One. League One, yeah. Yes. So League One, uh, it was a different uh, weekend for few of the title contenders. Most of the title contenders uh, drew their games. Uh, only Olympiakos uh, didn't play their game because the pitch wasn't deemed uh, safe to play. Uh, the conditions weren't right. Apart from that, Nice, Marseille, Lille, everyone dropped points. Monaco, even Monaco. So, and PSG went on their merry way. They won 5-2. Uh, but as you might have seen on news, there were some issues regarding Mbappe, yeah. who wasn't happy with the service he was getting. There was one pass, which was the right option. But the player didn't, Vitinha was the player, didn't uh, choose the, that option. So, Mbappe left running and completely sulk like a small kid. 
and he could have ended up getting a tap in if he had run yes yes if he goal. would have yeah. there was no one on that left hand side covering so it would have been a goal if he would have continued his run so that was it uh, neymar is playing really well uh, uh, in the in that man rebound right now with yes. uh, messi and uh, messi is also looking really good in terms ah, of yes. his overall uh, play and and um, you know um, neymar and whatever pictures you see of training of uh, players taking a break like the drinks break now uh, yes. because of the summer heat Uh, like you could see um, um, neymar and messi uh, uh, staying together that bond is um, stronger than back. ever before and that is seen in the overall play that is happening between neymar and uh, messi so and that was a 5-2 win for uh, paris yes. yeah anything else which is you know out no. of the ordinary in this six no 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 everything right. so was normal moving uh, forward we have serie a which um, uh, had a a uh, spectacular opening this uh, weekend uh, with uh, there were a lot of good matches actually i watched the um, uh, milan udinese match and it was a um, a good match to watch um, i would recommend you guys uh, going and watching the highlights and um, uh, milan won eventually 4-2 but i think udinese scored uh, first and then um, and then bayern uh, like uh, ac milan uh, equalized and then um, it was a it was a really interesting match and uh, roma also won um, and the um, you know the yeah, uh, the stadium was absolutely buzzing uh, with jose mourinho you know mm-hmm. revitalized and um, um, you know um, getting all his signings lot of hope and he got a, a, a couple of good signings as well and um, he himself said that they are much better now than last year and uh, at juventus 130 di maria scored and they effectively um, uh, had an easy uh, win yeah so inter milan so, uh, leeds was also a good match with lukaku scoring it was in the surprise it was a headed <laughs> goal i think um, yeah so that any predictions it. your your serie a predictions if you wanted to do it now uh, serie a i would think um, both the milan sides are are really good and um, juventus um, and roma would be fourth i think oh okay. so that would be my fourth prediction right now okay yes so But let's move on it's yes. early days so yeah we'll keep an eye on Serie A is yeah. well. at least it's an interesting league compared to other leagues. Yes, yep. so, so let's move on to FPL. Yeah. Another so, uh, game week uh, where uh, Mayur outscores me. This is like the Mark and Ash thing last to last year, <laughs> where uh, you know uh, Mark outscored as every game and uh, as used to <laughs> rant about it. And uh, I'm I'm sure that one day and one season I'll I'll get. over uh, uh, i'll get one over you and so this is my youth team with 67 points which is uh, 17 points uh, more than the average and mine is 45 with a minus 4 so um, so this what pay is with the minus 4 right no or is it I, 41 41 it should be 41 41 oh sad sad life yeah so i <laughs> expected much better from the liverpool boys and um, you know what is a concern cash also is a concern 
uh, I might as well wildcard as soon as possible. <clears throat> okay. Brief what are calls. your plans? Uh, I already made the transfers yesterday night. Uh, Bailey was going to drop in price. So I went for Diaz and I took out Robertson and took in Neko Williams for him. I had two free transfers. So I think uh, missing Nunes might benefit uh, Diaz Salah. and he has looked good oh, up till now. Salah, so, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. so hopefully outscore, he outscores Robertson and Liverpool have a good run of fixtures and they have a good fixture next week as well, which is a very high scoring one, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope not. Even though I have two defenders, I'm sure um, they won't concede. So, that is safe. Um, it's about Salah or, um, you know, Diaz scoring a hat-trick because Diaz can run riots on that um, United back lane. With Dalot playing on that, and oh my God, I just realized <laughs> it's Diaz versus um, Dalot in the next match. That is... So, if you are captaining uh, Diaz or uh, Salah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe Jesus as well. Not yet sure about it. Let's see. Jesus, they play Bournemouth. So, not sure where to go. Uh, still contemplating. Uh, let's see. Uh, after the press yeah, conference so, from various managers. Yes, so if you are watching us, um, this is our league code. You can come and join us and play against us. And it would be fun to have um, you guys join us. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, uh, subscribe to Never Onside on Spotify and uh, YouTube. And uh, we are coming up with a lot of fun stuff. And um, um, this Saturday, do you have this uh, Monday night? Monday. Do you have anything planned, Mayu? Yeah, so this yes. would be. Uh, live watch along which we are planning hopefully if our job you know you know align with this and if we have enough time we'll uh, definitely uh, we are looking forward to doing this uh, and you can also join us at 12 30 to hear me rant about united and uh, you know my uh, happy face and united concede i'm just hoping that united comes out with a draw at least Mm, and that it's at Old Trafford, and uh, you know the fans have um, and uh, walkout protest. Um, yes, yes. Hopefully the, the match. Yes, hopefully the match uh, doesn't get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this will be fun, I'm sure. Uh, so join us on 12:30 a.m. on 23rd August, and we'll have a fun time. Uh, I I hope you guys will have. Uh, you get super chats on YouTube, right? Yes, yes. But it's time for that. <laughs> for those who are listening on Spotify, uh, we will be live streaming on YouTube. So if you are interested, we'll be doing a live watch along of the game United versus Liverpool. That is on 23rd August, 12.30 a.m. So do join us on our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel name is Never On Site. All the links are in the description. Uh, so you can check out. And do join us for the live watch along. Till then, we'll take a leave. Bye. Bye.